You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. have a seat, except I'd like to pray for Jesse and Rena just quickly. Is that all right? Can you guys come up here? Uh, these guys are heading off to Germany for several months and um, not in the best kind of circumstances. Rena is going to get some surgery while she's over there and um, we're going to stand with them and pray. All right? So, um, yeah, let's reach out our hands. Let's join our prayers together. Let's believe for breakthrough and provision and healing and just the grace of God to be on them. We love you guys. And Lord, we just want to pray for them. We pray for Jesse and Rena. We just declare uh, just abundance of provision for them. Lord, in this time, we want to pray that, uh, just declare favor over them as well. I just see you getting favor in Germany, uh, favor with uh, churches and people and pastors and leaders. Lord, favor with doctors and uh, specialists and surgeons. Lord God, we want to pray, God, just for breakthrough and complete healing. For Rena, we just declare healing over her in Jesus' name. We believe for breakthrough. We believe for miracles in their world, in their in, in, in Rena's body and in their lives, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We, uh, we just declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over them. And thank you for what's about to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. It's good. Bless you, man. Good. All right. Thanks, Zach. Good man. Good man. Holding the course. Holding the course. That's awesome. So who has uh, who's missed some of our series on uh, the Sabbath? You've missed a bit? You can catch up on podcasts because they all went up on podcast on Wednesday. So uh, you, can, you, can, you can hear from, well, the Central Campus pastors if you want to as well. They're all up there. Uh, and you, some of you are like, what the heck is a podcast? What is she talking about? If you go onto your smartphone, which most of you will have, then you can uh, basically just go to your podcast app and uh, type in C3 Victory and you can see who's preached and what week and it's good. Am I super loud? I feel like I'm really super loud. Uh, you're not giving me any real, you know, scope to be loud. Because that's probably going to happen. Good. All right. Okay, good. Awesome. So, uh, this, we, we thought that we would do another month on, a whole month, five weeks on why, well, it's really our month of rest, but last year was a bit different to this year. And this year we're like, what does the Sabbath mean for us today? Because in general, we kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. We just go, that's a Pastor Keith phrase, which I've, I've adopted fully. Uh, and yeah. Why do you need the Sabbath in the first place? Why do you and I need it? Why do we need to take a day where we have, where we focus or we relax? We focus on different things, not the work that we've been doing. I love this awesome quote, which we uh, shared last couple of weeks from Peter Scazzaro from, what's the book called? Emotionally Healthy Leader, right? So if you're a leader, you should read this book. It'll, uh, it'll mess with you in a good way. 
Here's, this is what he says. He says, biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. Really, really good. So we, uh, we've been talking, we've been going through this series. We're on week three, but two to go. And the first week, Beck preached, and it was awesome. And she talked about celebration and taking time to celebrate your accomplishments or celebrate what you've made, like your children. You know, you can celebrate them. You know, celebrate the, what you've achieved. Uh, celebrate who you, who you are, who God has made you. Celebrate who God is. It was really, really good. And it got me thinking so much that I, I think I re-preached half of your message last week, really. Uh, I had so much revelation from what you said. It was really good. Uh, she talked about Sabbath having a rhythm, which I talked about as well last week. Um, and then, you know, being okay with not being productive all the time. Who, who struggles with that? You're like, I like to be productive all the time, you know? Well, slow down, folks. Take a chill pill and relax. Some people even work on Sundays. <laughs> Karen, good old. That <laughs> was so awesome because Kaz left last week and she goes, I'm sorry, but I'm going to work. <laughs> Are you going to work after this today? I thought so. I thought so. So good, so good. It's okay. Revelation takes a while to sink in sometimes. It's all right. <laughs> She's a real estate agent. She kind of has to work on Sundays good but that's okay because sabbath doesn't have to be a sunday yeah. right you take it when you can right don't be legalistic about it what's you made it wednesday see see awesome doing so good so today we're going to talk about uh recreation this is this is a really good topic for me i really like this one this is great uh and then next week we've got pastor keith here talking on satisfaction right a whole bunch of you started singing, I can't get no. Just, just a minute then, right? <laughs> but like, how do you find contentment in this life? What is the secret? Paul in, in, Paul in Corinthians says, there's a secret to contentment. Pastor Key's going to be talking about that next week. Don't miss it. And then the, on the final week, we're going to talk about regulation, how to make your Sabbath work in your life. So get the podcast. You know what I, I kind of discovered? This is a bit of a game changer, right? This is a game changer for our future. Because if we get Sabbath right, and we maintain Sabbath right, it's just unlocking us into whole new things. It really helps to set us up, right? Uh, I just love that God's speaking to us on this. Uh, Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like the world doesn't want to stop, you know, the world doesn't like to, to, to stop, you know, if you listen to a lot of leadership podcasts and stuff, you know, there's, there's, there's been a really strong, you know, work ethic that's been presented for so many years and now everyone's talking about taking sabbaticals and having your time off and taking your holidays. It's really starting to, the, the, the culture of the world is even starting to shift in this regard. Uh, and so today, let's talk about recreation, about being recreated, because when you're being, when you're you know, taking some time to have recreation and do some fun things, that's what's taking place. You're actually being recreated. You know, your mind is having a rest and things can come back. The word recreation actually uh, means refreshment by means of some pastime. I, I love this, agreeable exercise. Anyone doing some agreeable exercise today? Uh, you know, when I got out of bed this morning, I did a sit-up. 
that was that was some agreeable exercise um, uh, or the like. It says, uh, recreation is a pastime, diversion, exercise, or other resource affording relaxation and enjoyment. I like this. This thing called recreation, it's awesome. Uh, so to get started, I thought I might do some comparisons, right? What does a Christian look like if they never take a Sabbath versus a Christian who, who has got Sabbath working really, really well for them? So I thought I'd pick a meme from the internet. And uh, has anyone seen this one? This is Gillian McKeith, who, she's a vegetarian. She believes in having colonic uh, irrigation and uh, detox diets. She doesn't eat meat, and uh, she doesn't eat uh, supplements, and she's 51 years old. The other person is Nigella Lawson. You might have seen her on MasterChef recently. She's also 51. She loves to eat meat and butter and cheese and... Uh, and she loves dessert and chocolate. Okay, so, so Jillian is what a Christian looks like who doesn't know how to take a Sabbath. <laughs> Always exhausted. You never, oh, I just, there's so much to do. I just, I've got to keep doing and doing. If I want God to like me, I've got to keep, eh, he already likes you. You can tick that box. And Nigella represents the Christian who knows how to take a Sabbath. She looks much better. Well, just maybe if we take that off the screen so men don't fall into sin. That would be great. All right. So the Sabbath is, maybe it's just me. Um, the Sabbath, you know what, I was, I was really determined to have fun today. And I can, I think we're already there. That's good. Here you go. The Sabbath is more than an excuse to binge Netflix all day right? It's more than that. It's more than just, you know, a day off. It's more than just doing nothing and eating too much chocolate and playing too much Xbox, all right? Now, here's the good thing. The Sabbath can include all of those. But what we've, what we've done is we've replaced what God intended to refresh our body and our soul and our spirit, and we've actually made it just a day off. Now, a day off is okay, but it lacks a bunch of intentionality and purpose. And that's why we're talking about these things like taking the time to celebrate, taking time to contemplate God, to disconnect from the world for a while, to enjoy yourself, you know, and next week to work out what it looks like to walk in satisfaction. Because we need to be intentional about what we do on our Sabbath so that we find ourselves refreshed right otherwise not much point the sabbath is a creation principle we looked at that as well uh we've read from genesis the last couple of weeks uh god worked for six days and then he rested on the sabbath on the sabbath on the seventh it's a creation principle it's not just a principle you know that god's trying to get you to do something it's actually something that he has embedded in creation itself in leviticus 25 verse 4 it says but in the seventh year the land is to have a year of sabbath rest a sabbath to the Lord, do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. So there was a Sabbath principle that God was including in how they farmed their land as well. Only farm it for six years and then let the, the land rest and recuperate. Right? It's good. It's, it's a creation principle. It's not a religious, legalistic activity. All right? 
Love it. So here's what I found, and, uh, and I know that Beck touched on this on week one as well, but uh, in order to, for us to enjoy rest on our Sabbath, there's a little foundational truth that we need to talk about as well, and that is that Sabbath develops trust. All right? Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, right? You've heard it a hundred times before, perhaps, if you've been in church circles for a while. You can probably quote this one, I quoted it and left out all your heart. So I've been trusting in the Lord uh, with part of my heart, apparently, I don't know. So often, and, and often in our Western culture, we can have a little bit of an inflated sense of our own importance, right? If, I, if I'm not productive, if I'm not earning money, if I'm not doing all the stuff that I need to do, if I'm not cleaning the house and doing the chores and commanding the children and doing this and doing this, you know, and earning some extra dollars on the side, if I'm not working, well, I've got, I've got to work. I've got to work seven days a week. I've got to do it all, you know. We have this inflated sense of our own importance because otherwise it's all going to fall to pieces, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, we feel like if we're not doing or I'm not contributing or I'm not always on, then, you know, maybe the world's going to fall apart. But stopping work, you know, like not checking your emails for a change. I like, Pastor Jerry's, I love that you don't check your emails. It was, when is it? From Friday? From Thursday, night to Saturday. Thursday night to Saturday night. See, I could, yeah, two weeks of holidays. That's good to not check your emails then as well. Yeah, nice. So, like, turn off. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the, and the guy said, did you know you can take email off your phone? And I was like, what? That's amazing. I never thought of that. That's a good idea. You know, but stopping whatever work is for you, right? This is why you've got to tailor it to yourself. Stopping whatever work is for you is really important. So it might be not checking social media. It might be obviously turning off your phone or, you know, not checking emails, you know. It might be not doing chores. It might be mowing the lawn or not mowing the lawn, depending on whether you feel like that's work or not. For some of you crazy people, that's like relaxing. You know, like, yeah, now I'm not doing that on my Sabbath, you know. The world is not going to fall apart if you take a break. It's not. You know, this is why turning off your phone, even leaving your phone in another room is so, is so powerful. Because what you're saying is, I'm not on today. I'm off. I'm, I'm switched off. I am not accessible 24-7. Right? I'm only available to God, my wife, my children, and anybody else that I invite into this Sabbath space to share it with me. I'm not accessible to everybody all the time. And that's a really powerful thing to be able to do. Because this, this day and age, you know, if you, oh, you didn't respond to my text message, but I sent you a text message, and then I sent you a follow-up text message, and then you didn't respond to that, so I sent you another, and then I sent you a Facebook message to see, and then I tried calling you, and you weren't there. And I'm like, well, 
that's because my phone was in a drawer and, you know, it doesn't mean I don't like you if I didn't respond to your text message in 30 seconds. I'm trying to teach my kids this because one's, one, one, one of the boys is like getting a message from their friend. Oh, you're not listening to me now. Oh, oh, and getting offended that they weren't responding in a suitable time frame. Oh, that's how it's going to be, world, is it? Well, I'm not responding to nothing for a while and let's see how you all go. Right? The Sabbath is a powerful weekly practice of trusting God. It's like a practice of trusting God. You've got to practice it. You know, It's okay for me to take a break because God's got it. Right? It's okay to take time out because God is powerful. Right? It's okay to stop working and stop being productive because God is my source of supply. I don't have to kill myself to make ends meet because God is my source, not my deliberation and time and using everything I have. God is sovereign. And sometimes, you know, let's say once a week on your Sabbath, you need to practice, you know, this truth. God is sovereign. God is in control. God's in charge. It's going to be okay for me to take some time out. Right? Um, Sabbath is a reminder that I know that God will sustain me. He's going to supply my needs. So maybe the best thing that I can do is to schedule some rest and trust Him. Right? I love what Dallas Willard said. He said, hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual formation. Ouch. How, how much are we stunting our own growth because we're always rushing from one place to the next. And how much is that a lack of trusting in God? Right? So last week I shared what can happen um, when you stop. And I, I wanted to just bring it up again today because some of you might not have heard it. Um, what I found is really powerful when you stop is that you find some places of emptiness. And that's scary. Because I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with discomfort, you know, in that space, you know, and I might just stop and you know, you know, close your eyes for a while and pray and be like, well, this is awkward, you know, and are you there, God? What's going on? And then you kind of find some, some, some gaps in your, in your soul, and I find that that's an opportunity, not something to run from. And that's an opportunity for you to invite God into that space. You know, it's like a space that is, is yet untouched by Him. And so it's an opportunity for you to go, God, I want to trust you in this area. Or I need, you, I need you to fill this space with your love, with your presence, with truth, with revelation. Um, so thinking about the Sabbath, let's, uh, we need to give ourselves, number two, permission to play right? Permission to play. Uh, what do you do that gives you enjoyment? What do you do that recharges you, that delights you, that, you know, if we're going to practice Sabbath delight, if I'm going to enjoy rest and practice delight, what, what, do, you, what do you do that, that recharges you, that makes you feel more you? What do you do? What does play mean for you? See, one of the reasons that we can talk about play is because there's evidence that God, in creating the world, 
was simply at play. Because God is an, is an all-sufficient being. He, he, he doesn't need us. He's, he's been around for a long time. And he didn't need you or I. He didn't need to create us so he could feel good about himself. He's all-powerful and he's all-sufficient. Jürgen Moltmann, in his book, The Theology of Play, he wrote that. He said, why did God create the universe if he is a free and all-sufficient being? And then he goes on to say, it is God's good will and pleasure to create. Hence, the creation is God's play, a play of his groundless and inscrutable wisdom. It is the realm in which God displays his glory. You look at, you look at creation itself, and you kind of go, I think God was toying with us when he made the mango. Why is the pip so big in the mango? It is the, it's the best fruit that he made. And yet he's like, I'm going to make the pip so big. It's going to be like, you're going to have to carve it up. And the pip's going to be hairy as well. So you're going to be like struggling. You, you know, people are going to have to suck on it. He's just going to be like, it's going to be so fun to watch Darren like struggling with that pip. It's going to be so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's why he did it just for me. Like, we took the kids to Oakvale Farm yesterday. We decided we're having a Sabbath, and the boys are complaining that they haven't done anything, like, fun in the holidays. We're so bored. Oh, gosh. So we like, okay, let's take the kids to Oakvale Farm. I thought that the boys were going to be a bit old for that. I thought they'd be, like, boring. But they were fully into it. You know, and they were like, check out the size of this pig. That's amazing. Look at this guy. Oh, no way. The camel tried to eat my hand. You know, these are, these are the standard conversations when your children are 13, and they go to a little kind of petting zoo. Big petting zoo, I suppose you call it. Um, but, like, it was so interesting to see a wombat again and to go, that's an ostrich? Are you kidding me? That looks ridiculous, you know? And has anyone seen a llama or an alpaca lately? Like, they're just dumb. Like, <laughs> like you're just going, what is that, you know? Like, God is playing when he's creating. He made the giraffe. He made the platypus, right? He made the emu, which looks... Equally ridiculous, but similar and different to the ostrich. You know, it's like you see them side by side and you're like, what were you thinking when you made these things? Peter Scazzaro says, he says, there's a playful extravagance built into God's creation. An overabundance of seeds is produced that will never germinate. Leaves on trees turn brilliant colors in autumn, whether or not anyone sees them. Incredible species of, of fish swim hidden from human sight in the depth of the ocean. And every flower remains beautiful even when no one is looking. There's like this, there's like more than enough. There's more than what is necessary. God didn't need to create the fish that we'd never find. He didn't need to. But he's like, I'm playing here. You know, I'm going to make this fish that's got this big dangly light that comes out in front. Anyone seen Finding Nemo? Tonight? <laughs> Uh, the, first, the first time I watched that with my boys, I'm like, they're all going to freak out right now because this is weird. But I'm like, there's actually fish that look like that. Like, why? Because God's at play. And we get to play as a result. Play is really, really important. And it's important to schedule play in your Sabbath or make play a part of your Sabbath. Because we need to find this, this freedom to play. In 2013, I was at the Real Men Conference in Oxford Falls, and I remember Paul Scanlon was speaking to us on this exact topic. He was talking on, the, on play, and it was, I, took, I took a whole bunch of notes, and this is what he said. He said, don't forget to keep playing. 
We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Like, oh, that's been rattling around in my brain for many years. Oh, Darren, you're getting old. Like, old in my head. You know, old in my head. I need to keep playing. He says, uh, play isn't an event, but a value. A playful person is a person who is fun, can chill, and relax. I don't want to be thought of by my kids as the guy who can never relax. Gosh, dad was always checking his, his emails or he was always agitated about something, you know. He goes on and he says, play makes you not care. <laughs> I love that. He says, play doesn't have an outcome or a reason or a point, except when I'm trying to flog you in rummy. Then it's got a really good point. I, I know, see, see on, our, on, our, on our wedding uh, honeymoon, honeymoon, we, uh, it was very cold in Santorini in Greece, and so uh, we got out the cards, and so we're playing cards, and I was flogging her every single time, and I'm like, this, this is not getting fun anymore. So I told her how I win, and now I can't beat her. <laughs> and for 20 years, I can't beat her in the game of rummy, so we don't play it anymore. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to play some rummy? Nope. <laughs> Play does have a reason and an outcome. It's to beat everyone in your family. We say, uh, we have a rule in our household. We say there's no love in games. No love in games. I can flog the pants off Josie every single time. Eat that eight-year-old, you know. Like, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, good, to beat you again. But, you know, when they're really young, you have to let them win. So now I'm letting Josie win less and less. And it's feeling real good. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, dad, dad's been letting you win this whole time. Anyway, he goes on, he says, play makes you forget about worries and weights. How true is that? Uh, it was a few days ago, you know, I was on Wednesday in the Victory boardroom. We're having lunch in the Victory boardroom. All the st you know, we're all in there. And uh, Pete McQuillan decides to get the chaser uh, trivia app up on his phone and so we're all playing trivia against each other and trying to beat each other you know and uh, you know there's lots of confident answers that were completely way off um, we're having all these little playful digs at, at one another and it was just this really great moment where we were just playing we weren't accomplishing anything and that was refreshing and it was connecting and it was really powerful give yourself permission to just play play with your kids wrestle your kids you know play with them play the stupid board games that you know just don't mean anything <laughs> the ones that you go you know when they when they pull out the board game and come to you and you go oh. <laughs> like what's that one that Josie pulls out all this time like like littlest pet shop and I'm just like oh no not again. So I'll try and suggest some other ones. Oh, let's play Yahtzee. She goes, I hate Yahtzee, Dad. I'll be like, ah, oh, let's play Littlest Pet Shop then. <laughs> and then I have to realize how bad I'm being as a father and be like, start to get a little excited about it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Awesome. Let's play, you know, like enjoy play. You know, don't reluctant play. Enjoy play. There's a big difference.
Play with your spouse. I'll leave that one there. <laughs> Find what you do. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be Monopoly. All right. No loving games. Yeah, just, anyway. Find what you do that recharges you and do it. Schedule it. Decide to do it. Make it a weekly part of your routine. One last little thought before I finish. And that is that play is the practice of joy. Play is the practice of joy. Christians are known for a lot of things. Not many of them are really that great. True? Right? What if we could be known for being people of joy? Right? Like, where's the joy gone? Don't feel like you've got to stifle your joy just because you turned up at work. Oh, better not be joyful today. Darn, someone might think I'm, I'm saved or I'm a Jesus follower. Oh, goodness, that could be terrible. Right? I, I love in Acts chapter, uh, in Acts chapter 2, uh, it describes the early church, and I'm not going to read the whole, par- the whole passage, but in, in chapter 2, uh, verse 46 of Acts, it says, uh, it's talking about this amazing, amazing church. And this, this description here is like the model of what church can be. It's phenomenal. Verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure what it says. I don't really refer to myself very often as being glad. You know, glad is like a wrap that I put over food I want to put in the, in the, in, in the fridge. You know, it's like glad cling wrap, right? But it says that they're, they're, they're glad and they had glad and sincere hearts. So I looked it up. I'm like, I want to know what this actually means. You're right. Uh, and gladness doesn't really do the word justice because the word means to have extreme joy, to have wild joy, to have intense joy, right? They were having intense joy with each other. They were having so much fun. It was ridiculous. You know, what if, what if the house of God was a place that became attractive to the world because the house of God, the people of God are having so much fun together, right? Because we are just, there's laughter, there's people who are digging on each other, it's, <laughs> got you again. You know, there's like things happening, people are telling jokes, all clean of course, you know, and there's, there's so much fun fun happening in the house that the world is starting to go I want a piece of that pie give me some of that what are they eating over there no wonder they had the favor of all the people no wonder God could add to their number daily those who were being saved they had wild joy going on that's I, I want some of that right uh, we, 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 we prayed this morning and Shanae is out with the, with the live Sundays today. And I said, go and, I said to everyone who'd been in the prayer meeting, I said, go and have some joy. Like, be a person of joy today. And I said to Shanae, just your standard level of joy is okay for you. <coughs> Shanae, like, exudes joy wherever she goes. Can I have my other bottle? Is that all right? I just don't want to open a new one. Now let's open a new one. That's like, wow. It's going to be okay. Abundance. <laughs> Prosperity. Right. Here's the last little thing. 
Who are the ones in the world who have forgiveness? Christ. Who's got eternal life? Who's got a relationship with God? Through nothing that we had to do ourselves. You know, who's got salvation? Who's got peace? Who's got the promise of abundance, either now or future? Both, even. Who has prosperity in our souls? We are the ones, the people of God, the kingdom of God, the house of God, the church. We are the ones who have this. And yet we, like if anyone's going to be joyful, it should be us. Right? We are the ones who should know how to be joyful. So practice being joyful. You know, stop practicing being sour and bitter and sad or frustrated all the time. You know, snap out of it. Lean into who you are in Christ and find the joy again. Because if you're not walking in joy, you can't bring that joy. People can see through an inauthentic joy. People can see through this Christian cheesy, (laughs) smiling all the time. Everyone can see through it because everyone sees it on TV. You ever see a a B-grade movie? It's terrible. You can see through all the actors that are just going through the lines in their head. That's not believable. That's exactly like an inauthentic Christian who does not know how to to, to function from the place of joy, right? If you and I have received every spiritual blessing in Christ, and we have, Ephesians 1, right? Then you've already got it. You've already got it. You just need to learn how to live in it. And sometimes I think joy is a choice. Sometimes you you just need to choose to operate in what you've received rather than on what you can see. Right? It's good. Just practice joy. Put the tools down. Just down tools for a while. You know? Turn the phone off. Hide the TV remotes. Change the Wi-Fi password if you have to. You know? Just do what is necessary to create space to play. And do it unapologetically. And if people get frustrated that you couldn't get back to them in time, terribly sorry, I was playing with my children. Yeah, that'll make them feel real guilty. (laughs) You know, go for a hike, wrestle your kids, pull out a board game, the one that you hate the most, but you know that your kids love it, right? Bring the fun back, eat too much. Once a, once a week, just, just, just once a week. <laughs> and here's the deal. This is, I'm going to finish with this. It doesn't have to cost a lot to be really valuable. Right? You don't, we, there's no way we can take our children to Oakvale Farm every Saturday. This is our Sabbath place. Come on, we have to raise more money. No, <laughs> we can't afford to do that. Right? It doesn't have to cost a fortune to be seriously valuable to your own your own head, your own mindset, your own family, your own spiritual journey, the journey of your, your family and your friends. So let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I want to pray that we'd keep talking out 
and working out what it means to have a Sabbath rest. And would you help us to enjoy it? Would you help us to play? Thank you that you were so creative in creating the crazy animals that we can see and the awesome creation that's around us, God. Help us to take a page out of your book and enjoy what we do and enjoy each other. God, I just declare over every marriage a new level of joy. Just, just, just declare over every family a new level of joy. I pray that we would learn and practice joy. We would enjoy, we would disconnect, we would make space, we would create margin, and we would enjoy each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.